आई वी एम दिस इज ऑडियो ज्ञान एंड आई एम योर होस्ट केदार निमकर वेलकम टू अ डीप डाइव इन टू द माइंड ऑफ ल्यूमिनरीज फ्रॉम द इंडियन क्रिएटिव वर्ल्ड टूडे वी हैव सिद्धेश गौतम विथस ऑन ऑडियो ज्ञान ऑल्सो नोन एज बेकरी प्रसाद ऑन इंस्टाग्राम इज अ मल्टी डिसिप्लिनरी आर्टिस्ट विजुअल डिजाइनर रिसर्चर एजुकेटर स्टोरी टेलर अम्बेडकराइट सरियलिस्ट एंड पोर्ट्स मॉडर्निस्ट हिज एस्थेटिक रिमाइंड वन ऑफ द मैगजीन्स फ्रॉम लाइक द ओल्डर जनरेशन ब्रिंगिंग टूगेदर कंटेम्प्ररी पॉलिटिक्स इन अ मिनिमलिस्टिक स्टाइल वेलकम सिद्धेश इट्स अ रियल प्लेजर टू हैव यू ऑन ऑडियो गैन थैंक्स फॉर गिविंग योर टाइम थैंक्स केदार फॉर हैविंग मी हियर एंड आई एम लुकिंग फॉरवर्ड टू हैव अ ग्रेट कॉन्वर्जेशन विद यू Awesome, and obviously there are number of articles uh, documenting your background, inspiration, and lot of work. Uh, so I thought I'll directly uh, deep dive into a few of the things which I wanted to know personally uh, from the time that I've started following your work. And yeah, I don't know whether the topic name should be called as "Color of Freedom" or uh, "Research" or "Rebel." Let's see how the conversation yeah yeah unfolds <laughs> yeah yeah. So the first thing which I wanted to start off is from an earlier interview which I was researching, and uh, you said minimalism helps you find freedom, and so I just wanted to deep dive into that through your work, and if you can elaborate more on those lines because the kind of colors you use in your style are sort of, uh, I mean, it's blue dominant, but still um, it's a minimalistic palette. So if you can elaborate on what you meant exactly when you said. yeah minimalism is sort of freedom as well yeah so um, minimalism as a, uh, you know in the sense of an art style or or a design movement or lifestyle or ideology for me minimalism is basically a process of reduction of chaos and uh, how i see the word is there is chaos everywhere there is chaos in everything everything living dead or non living there is chaos in each and every detail of everything so you know people say that you know the god resides in details but all i see is more and more chaos in details so uh, for me uh, like i also have borrowed this uh, concept of minimalism from buddha so how you know buddha uh, you know he implied you know or you know he he somehow you know talked about not just denouncing material you know desires it's about not being dependent on them and now these material desires for me are these details so i do not want to be dependent on these many details and then i layered it up with the western ideology especially you know booming up in the 60s and the 70s where you know minimalism is coming up as as a design movement and everything so it it got embedded and you know everything came up you know in with this whole package of this is how i see minimalism you know this in this chaotic world i want to reduce the noises i want to reduce the chaoses i want to tell certain stories i want to you know express something and if we see at this point of time the attention span of people is very less so you know there is so much of data there is so much of visual imagery from here and there so many applications there is it, it's everywhere so you know in in this small time span in this small attention span if i you know give them all these chaos so maybe you know what i really wanted to express would would you know go in vain or you know would would not be you know would not come out in the sense i wanted to so somehow you know to be you know more open about you know this is what i want this is you know this is the story this is the subject and you know there is a bit of you know a background about this there are no you know very ornamental flowers or or wallpaper you know of on the walls or or you know different kind of lights or ceilings no i just want to you know stress i want to really use that small attention time span that people have to you know just say okay this is the thing he wanted to say and this is the thing he, he said i'm not you know taking you away by you know putting up some ornamental things okay i can make something more beautiful by you know adding some ornamentation but that would not be of any use because the attention span is so less and they are going to forget it anyways so we are not creating masterpieces at this point of time we are just trying to grab more and more attention of of our viewers of our audience so that okay they can stop for okay one more second maybe two more seconds 
earlier people used to spend a lot of time you know looking at works and now people want people are very reactionary about things you know if if today something something happened today you want you know some to see something around it in in, in just an hour maybe in just five minutes and somehow people are you know so fast they even are able to produce things maybe you know i sometimes think that they are astrologers or something you know they know you know they have already made things and you know something happens and you know it's it's out there on twitter or, or on instagram people are yeah. very fast so i think somehow you know i find minimalism very helpful in in this small attention time in this small span of time because nobody is really cared about details or else they would have you know they would have been spending more time interesting in yeah. yeah yeah i remember uh, me interviewing alisa souza and also appu pen yeah. uh, and both of them at least i remember that conversation very vividly because for alicia it was more of churning out more work so she used to doodle a lot and that's how she mastered or or is trying to master that style of work uh, with appu pen also it's about uh, he's actually in a different genre altogether it's yeah. much more abstract yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but so why why blue i mean yeah I, i've read about it but just wanted to document here is because of the ambedkar angle is it because of the buddha angle or or is it i mean blue also lends itself to freedom so have you given some thought about it ki why such palette blue has been uh, sort of my favorite color in a sense like in, in some way but i was not you know using much of it you know uh, uh, you know more outside i used to think that black was my favorite color but i would not you know uh, spend time in looking at things which are you know uh, black so i would i when i think about it now because this question has been asked a lot of time and i have gone into many levels of introspection that where did this blue come from because you just do things do things and you know things evolve and evolve and evolve and you know certain characters are developed some things are related to some people so i always thought that you know this would have been the the concept but then when i think about my childhood and uh, we like i was uh, mostly brought up in uttarakhand and the skies were all very clear and everything so i used to spend a really lot of time in just looking at the uh, at the sky so i had this fascination i did not even wanted to you know fly or become a pilot i just you know liked to stare at the sky i had no reason for that i am not sure if i if i was dreaming about something big or anything i was just mesmerized this you know this sky i always used to say things even when when i started uh, you know in in a design school that you know blue is the the color of the blue is something that you cannot make the blue of the sky is something that you can, can never make so it can never be made on on paper or or any material so it is something it is very you know it it's impossible to make that blue so you know there is this i think i have this curiosity of exploring those blues so i have seen a lot of blues there is a maroonish blue there is an orangeish blue there is a very gray blue these days it's a very weird very grayish very weird blue you know which, which looks like a dystopian world but it has always been a very you know very interesting color which has never been you know thought about that deeply people see sky but they just do not see the blue that you know it 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 delivers at different times with you know different specks here and there are things coming up and you know inside the eyes those dead proteins are you know revolving around and they are also making something so i think i was very very much mesmerized by that blue and then you know slowly and steadily also my school uniforms most of the schools i have studied in were all blues my favorite pen uh, color was blue you know when we had this choice of you know you, you can use black and other things i was very skeptical about using black because i would what i would do is you know i would for the headings i would use a a thicker uh, blue pen and for the for the writing i would use a thinner blue pen so so <laughs> you know in the blue only i am i'm you know uh, playing with yeah so i think cool. you know it has been there for a very long time and then you know when ambedkar also says that you know blue is the color which which takes everything you know which everything can be assimilated in blue so i was like oh damn this is this is a very you know this is giving meaning to you know something i was just you know staring at or you know wondering about or just wasting time on so actually somehow it started giving me meaning and i as i talked about minimalism and you know how fast art and everything is going on so you know uh, also you know 
sometimes you know it is easier when when we use a, a similar color or we use a similar motif again and again so it's easier for people to read it the next time if, if they're doing and yeah. i somehow knew that i am going to stay here for a longer time because there are a lot of stories that have to be told there are a lot of things that have to be made so i was like okay we can make some connecting dots that you know that can remain same so that you know people are able to read it so uh if you will see uh you know how i used to write or how i i used to draw before and what i do now is is now is you know is becoming more simple and simple and simple so the people who have joined me before you know have also you know gone through this part that they understand sometimes i do not have to write earlier you know for everything i have to write for everything i have to explain now you know if i am writing about uh, about savitri mai i will just write savitri mai i am not going to give reference that you know she was there she was the first teacher and everything so how i have grown you know i have, how those have grown with with you know keeping certain visual aesthetics certain visual pain points you know same and then so it's it's like a netflix series or something something like that which is going on which is which has connection so i do not want to do not really want to break you know aesthetics you know surprisingly or giving surprise to people Yeah. yeah and and that's how you also define your language or style or artistic yeah that's bakery uh, yeah. prasad and yeah. there are so many sudesh there are you know other forms of sudesh they can explore the, those other things so you know for bakery prasad is is this thing and let bakery prasad you know grow that way and you know it, it, yeah yeah interesting but um, from what i understand is uh, and i was particularly intrigued by this is that you mentioned about grays right and and uh, <laughs> that's also quite interesting because an artist generally is is in a conflict and there i'm guessing there is an inherent conflict somewhere right and the art ref- an art sort of tries to reflect that so can you tell us about how have you arrived at a particular style of this minimalism because when you say that you are trying to remove stuff or trying to remove the noise and just trying to find a signal as an artist when you go deep into it it almost can become very abstract yeah, yeah. abstract to that extent that the the audience may not even know what's what's going on right uh, unless they followed you in detail yeah. so so how do you uh, like how do you maintain that balance or how do you arrive at that artwork or that illustration i mean especially i i am in love with that cow raj wala artwork so it is there it is still not there it's it's making a statement yes it's not probably offending can you just tell a bit about it actually uh, like most of of the people who go into arts or who go into design or visual design they start with doodling and i too started with doodling and i used to doodle used to you know maintain this journal since since childhood so i was always drawing most of the things that i am you know interested seeing or you know interested to have so you know drawing little little things and you know writing rhymes or other th- these kiddish things but i used to do those things i used to maintain those journals that was the only thread between me and arts otherwise my parents wanted me to you know be good in studies and studies are only you know physics chemistry maths and you know all these <laughs> english and everything so this was not a subject so so this was something i was doing because people have hobbies okay this was my hobby so it started as a as a hobby but uh, when i started started to study uh, design i actually started to take these doodles way more seriously and you know when uh, those people who met me in those days you know he used to call my work as mehndi art because i used to work in really 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 detailed things so i'm make using those micron pens 005 and you know going deep. sometimes i would actually <laughs> require a magnifying glass to see that you know i'm i'm doing very very intricate drawings and uh, so that that was you know how actually i actually began to present my work to the world before these you know these journals are are my private property not even my friends have seen this but this time you know these intricate drawings which people are calling mehndi art some people are calling surreal art some people are calling psychedelic art i have no clue what what kind of art this is but i have just been producing so you know i i'm i'm since people are appreciating it so okay this is the time to maybe you know bring it out and everything now my parents have no control over me i'm in a college so you know they can't say that you know this subject to study or this not to study so here i am okay to you know i can present my work i can showcase it to people and then you know it it, it and i used to make these very uh, complicated things because i had very complicated questions uh, you know in my mind 
I'm, I'm this young boy, you know, who has uh, first time who has come out, you know, in, in a metropolitan city in, in Bombay. And, you know, before that, we have only lived in very, very small towns. And you're seeing different kind of people speaking in a different accent, you know, behaving in a certain way. They already know where to go, what to eat, you know, so many jagrans and everything. So I had no clue about all these things. So, you know, that time I was so confused. So my, uh, all my uh, uh, conflicts were with myself. So it was very abstract. Now, you know, my work has moved from conflicts of myself to the conflicts outside. So now these, these conflicts of outside have to be understood. Since I have studied design, it is my duty to make things which people understand. So if my viewers are, you know, those who believe, who, who understand, you know, uh, uh, little things, I will make literals, you know, I'll use, I, I can grow them, you know, I can use metaphors, you know, here and there, and I can grow them, you know, with me. But if they're basically, you know, if, if new people who are coming, you know, who are very much, you know, into literal things, you know, this is the way, this is one of the stepping stones to, to learn, you know, I think that's how I, I, how I see it. So if, if they want to see something literal, I, I believe that, you know, it's okay to give them literal because more than the art that I'm producing, it is the story that I'm trying to tell. So maybe you can forget my composition or, you know, you, you might forget my whatever colors I've used or, you know, whatever I, technique I was using. But at least you will remember certain names that, you know, that I've talked about or, cert, or certain incidences that you were not aware of. So at least, you know, in that way, I have I've played with your brain. So that's how, you know, ideologically, I started making things more literal. I started making things more, you know, uh, and then since it's past also, so, you know, putting up shadows and everything, it, it takes time. And then I, I felt that it is also part of chaos. I do not make shadows unless and until it is required, unless and until the shadow is going to say something. I'm not going to make that shadow. So I do not really, you know, I, I'm not here to document uh, you know, uh, a culture or, or a community. I'm here to express, you know, stories. So I I can do it in, you know, in, in, in any way possible. So this was the way that I found possible. Also, you know, this style has also, uh, 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 I have arrived with it is, is because of, I have seen, uh, I have been seeing similar kind of paintings in, in my childhood. So, uh, my grandfather, uh, uh, like his his father uh, actually went uh, became a saint became a ravidasya saint uh, when he was 5 years old and his mother died very young so he was uh, kind of an orphan who was you know uh, sustaining on his own but his uncles he helped him you know he was a bright student so they sent him school he was the first person from our whole family to study and then he went on to study and you know studied science and everything and and whatever career that he made but then you know Every time, even though, you know, he, uh, he had a big family, there were a lot of debts and everything, but every time he had a small amount of, you know, money, uh, you know, so he, what he would do is, is call a, you know, local painter and ask him to make his photo, his, his portrait with his father. So he would, you know, describe how his father would look like. So, you know, we have these series of paintings where, you know, he has last seen his father when he was five. Now, when he's, you know, when he's earning, he has all the six, seven children, you know, he's calling these artists and, you know, who, and asking them to make this human being who, whom they have never seen. And, you know, he's aging as he is aging in, in the painting. So he made sure that, you know, wow. how, so how this thing has, uh, has to be done. And he has not studied any design or arts or anything, but I found the palettes of those painters very interesting. Because those painters would use, you know, those kind of blues or those kind of reds. This, these are also the kind of blues and reds are used, I use are very much from the graphic design of, of the boards that you see, you know, of, of random tailors and other things. So that is also derived because these were the same people who were, you know, making those, uh, you know, ABC tailor or something, Gupta General Store and everything. And they are, you know, in the evening they are doing this uh, because they, they also want to do this, but they don't get the, the commercial projects to do that. So, you know, there are very cheap paintings. They're not expensive paintings. They were not expensive artists, but they had, you know, this kind of a, a aesthetic, which, which I use, you know, the, the kind of line or the kind of uh, the colors, the primary color, the use of primary colors, because, you know, it is easy to produce. You, you do not have to mix many colors. And those people are, you know, hardcore making, you know, these 
graphic uh, uh, you know posters and boards and everything so somehow my colors are also you know very primary colors colors which are available colors which are not very new it doesn't give you a sense that okay this person has you know given a new color no i've just you know given you a color that you have been seeing again and again and again and again again so yeah, very very interesting and the story of your father doing this is like amazing amazing but yeah just to go further into the same question is that what i can understand is that you are then like more of a storyteller than uh trying to express because then that expression at some point in time you will feel that the canvas is short the medium is uh, not uh, equipped enough to make you express but your intent then becomes very clear that you want to tell stories and this is what i know so this is what i'm expressing it through is i'm that... expressing so that people can absorb hmm. i'm not expressing just because i want to express that is too artistic that i cannot the problem is i went to a design school so i cannot think in that direction that i can do you know whatever my mind you know uh, tells me to do and you know people will interpret it the way i do somehow hmm. in design you know i got ruined and you know i <laughs> somehow you got ruined in design <laughs> that that's very interesting maybe like a fine artist of course would have probably given a different bakery prasad <laughs> uh, maybe i would not have become that maybe i wasn't very much you know uh, happy with the the way the design was going so i became this something who is between you know design and art maybe there also i would have been running behind design okay that that's more glamorous that there's more money there so <laughs> never know yeah you're awesome. very confused yeah okay let's take a short break here we'll be right back okay welcome back to the show yeah moving on to the subject uh, i mean like just moving or maybe changing tracks a bit to the ideologies that you are sort of inclined towards and it's clearly seen that you are inspired by ambedkar phule and so on and so forth so i also wanted to draw a parallel that uh, these people were more of social reformers than political uh, uh, figures or i mean they happened to do so but no not really that was not their intentions and also being or maybe not be called as leftist as well so but yet they stood for freedom they stood for dissent they stood for equality and i somehow see that your paintings or your artworks are also not making a very bold extremist statements right like again if you can just explain that how has that is that a reflection very conscious or is it because of the political situation right now or is it that you have so much into their philosophy that it automatically becomes a very uh thought provoking yet not really offending art you know what i mean it's yeah it's, yeah, yeah actually yeah. Uh, the thing is that you know uh, i think how i see that you know uh, in india left is red mm. but left has been blue for a very long time so the kind of you know the kind of question if, if even if my work you know asks or or caters to is you know annihilation of caste you know of equality you know i talk about you know laws of you know uh, rights of our tribal brothers and sisters i talk about uh, you know uh, this uh, you know uapa charged political prisoners the release of them and you know and repealment of of uapa itself i talk about land redistribution and uh, all this is leftist thought it's just yeah. i have blue flag if if there is any if anybody is going to ask me to you know pick up a flag other than the tricolor it is going to be blue it is never going to be any other color because i see leftism in blue in india i see more leftism in blue in india because all these questions that i'm going that i'm you know giving uh, to you are way more important than the current government the current government is not just a random evil from nowhere it is an evil evil which has been you know brewed with time it has been there for a very long time from the subconscious it has been brewed slowly and steadily very shrewdly and that's why we have this evil we have this evil because we did not we did we never even thought of you know considering these problems you know nobody like kisan protest happened 
I also, you know, uh, made so many posters. I was there at, at various borders. I, Gazipur border is near me. So I used to go very often at Gazipur border. But what happened was like, I was very, uh, you know, I was very curious about, you know, this thing that after this is over, are they going to ask this question of land, land redistribution? Are these rich farmers sitting there, you know, who, who have till now shown that, you know, they are not just, you know, poor farmers. They are, they are, they also have these, you know, Lamborghinis, they also eat pizzas and they have kids studying in, in Canada and other places. Are they going to talk about land redistribution now? So because, because they are talking about monopoly of Adani or Amani or, or some, you know, businessmen, when are we going to talk about the monopoly of the rich farmers, which has been there for a very long time because of the, of the family structure or, or the caste structure or the social structure that we have. So I think all the Ambedkarites are extreme, extreme leftists, but we are not heard that way. Because in India, leftism is very vague. For me, Marx is most misinterpreted in India. I think Marx would, would cry every day looking at the Indian people, how they read him. Because, you know, when he talks about, you know, a state which is religionless, and, you know, he would not have imagined, you know, how the communists of India, you know, show this, this real, real, uh, I do not know, hypocrisy about, about religion when it, because it is all about votes. Marx is beyond vote. Marx is talking about a revolution. And here, you know, it's, it's not been like that. Like, you know, if, even if you take Ambedkar, uh, so Baba Sahib have been going for, on the strikes with, with workers for a very long time. He has been associated with a lot of Marxist organizations as well. He was as leftist as possible. At that point of time, you know, uh, asking for Hindu court bill was the most extreme leftist, you know, uh, view possible. Or asking for a uniform civil court is, is the most extreme leftist thing possible. So they were the, I think they were the pioneer of leftism, you know, in, in our country. Just their, their flag was blue. And the kind of changes they wanted, the kind of changes that we are demanding of are still the same. You know, we are mm. still, maybe, you know, we, we have a right to, you know, drink water from all the places and everything. But still, we have not been able to, you know, achieve that social democracy that they were talking about. We have achieved that political democracy. They are afraid because, you know, the other person can put up SCST Act or, you know, there is a law that saves that person. But that person has not properly grown. Not everybody has grown in that way. That, you know, that they democratize themselves socially, irrespective of the, of the, of the you know, fear of the law. So I think that kind of a thought process where, you know, they wanted, like Marx, wanted people to become like that you know that's why he he wanted that that was the whole philosophy of communism you know how you know it is for the people it is by the people same thing was you know is being asked by them you know but in india it is not you know like communism i think annihilation of caste is also not possible because we are a very highly divided society we have been playing divide and rule for centuries and I think Britishers came and learned from us. All the people who ruled over us learned from us how to rule over us. Mm-hmm. We gave mm-hmm. them the way. We, mm-hmm. we, we had divided our societies. Who in the world, you know, treats their own people like this? Imagine, mm-hmm. you know, dogs and, you know, other animals are around, are, you know, allowed to drink from ponds and some fellow human beings are not. Their skin color is not so different. Their, their, their DNA is not so different. Why? Because they were they were born in certain caste. What if, like how long <laughs> can you go back and tra- trace? You know, like mm. I see so many possibilities of fraud. You know, may, maybe there would have been a fraud in some some back time. You know, because of which you know my ancestral grandfather or you know went into you know some kind of a caste. There could be India is a country of fraud. There could be many castes could be you know many families could have been you know in in that place because of a fraud. Because people say that, oh, no, from today you are a bhangi, from today you are a chamar. Okay, that they, they might have become, India, is, India has been democratic evil in evil ways for a very long time. That's why we have very common lynchings, you know, we, our, our uh, Bollywood embraces lynching, you know. One thief is going running and, you know, he has just taken a small wallet in, in, in any random movie. The kind of beatings people give him. For, for stealing one, one wallet, you know, for how many, how many hundred rupees, 500, 5,000, 20,000, 50,000 rupees in one wallet. For that, a person can be beaten down. 
there is no law there is no god all all we all talk about religion everything there is no god in, in this country everything is opportunist everything can be repented or i do not know what there is no fear of anything i think the only fear is of of law here because god doesn't work that way at least in in this subcontinent at least i haven't seen god working in that way uh, yeah <laughs> yeah in fact i i remembered a movie in that uh, which is like at, as a, at a positive note that naam de diya hari jan but wo hari kab jayega like humko jan rehna hai just mm. just people rehna hai like <laughs> it's it's quite interesting but yeah when you said all these things i can clearly see there's lot of back story to it how doesn't it translate into like overtly offending artworks like what what goes in the process between i used between? to do that before I used to do that before. I have made prominent uh, political figures, you know, doing silly things and being very, you know, up to their face. But then I, I started to realize that, you know, this is just giving them publicity. Nothing is happening because of this. This is only making them, you know, somehow more and more popular for some reason. So I have, I have started to, you know, I have decided that, you know, I am not going to make these people because these people are just the catalyst of something which is bigger. so hmm. this my fight is not with these people my fight is with, with the ideologies of these people itself so i am against you know bjp congress aam aadmi party all together because they have been ruining it for a very long they have been exploiting these things for a very long time so hmm. from babri masjid to everything you you see now you know there has been an involvement of each and every party hmm Hmm. Rajiv Gandhi was involved, and you know the Atal Bihari Vajpayee is involved. El Adwani. Then you know Modi has arrived. It is not that you know somehow somebody has just arrived and you know did something. There has been a long trade, and my fight is to is to see this long trade. I have to break this thing that you know that is this propagation of this inhuman ideology. Hmm. I really hmm. respect people with you know different ideologies, but when it is harmful to people, it doesn't make sense. How can one be so inhuman that you know they do not? think twice before killing or before you know beating up or before raping or before dehumanizing other human beings i just don't understand it <laughs> yeah so do you think art is i mean this is one of my classic questions that is art always connected to politics or is art connected to politics always would be like making it much more stricter but uh, in your mind what is the purpose of your art then uh, other than having this dialogue or storytelling or or having an underlying message i think art if if we see from you know back from this from the assyrian you know monoglyphs it was all propaganda you know from mm-hmm. egyptian art it was all propaganda you know telling you know how great your pharaoh is pharaoh is so that you know you can you should you know be a better subject so art has always been used for some kind of propaganda and also you know in the same lines there have there has been graffiti you know since the roman empire times so there were these you know local people who were doing graffiti on the word has derived from from that times they they would you know draw or write shameful things sometimes very very uh, very mean things on the walls of the of the nobles or or the other people you know the important people so this art you know has played its role in both the sides Mm. for the propaganda and against it so be it you know those those pharaohs or assyrian uh, monoglyphs or uh, you know even word wars downfall of czars civil right movement and up till now you know art has been uh, playing part in in both and i think it's it's upon people which side they are on so it depends on the individual you know it has been like this for a very long time i think this is the nature of art it can go like like science you know it can go with the evil it can go with the good same is with the art it 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 is totally on the individual you know which side they want to take and if they are taking it consciously or unconsciously yeah with social media it has become like a very double edged sword to a very high degree that um yeah so so actually on that note i wanted to ask you one very interesting question which i've been trying to just articulate myself in fact is that with the rise of social media with with rise of uh these sort of so called democratic mediums like youtube and instagram and facebook you have like i call it like you have a mic and you can talk right previously maybe the mics were with few people few individuals few elites now the mic is almost with everyone and everyone is trying to tell a story everyone is 
trying to have their own agenda so in that obviously there's a lot of information asymmetry as well yeah, yeah, yeah. so so at what point in time a person according to you is is ready to talk or ready to i mean is there something which you hold as jaise riyaz mein hota hai right udhar guru hote the to guru used to say like ha 30 40 years ke baad you can step on the stage and perform with me there is no guardrail here there is no it's it's completely democratic yeah. so two points here one is what according to you is a right threshold for you to start saying how much of research how much of rebel how much of pain how much of support of the medium itself you have got that you start expressing so that's one and the second is like how do you draw lines to to actually say what you want to say uh, and not really go over it because then you're actually miss there's also information yeah. misinformation happening so so any thoughts around that i think it's a like the kind of world we are living in as i said that you know dissent has been happening for a very long time criticizing establishment has been happening for a very long time a lot of art movements design movements have emerged because of those but what we have now is this this real problem of uh, information asymmetry and 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 a lot of information actually there is a lot of information from here and there from sources which have no sources from sources which has many sub sources so there is a lot of misinterpretation reinterpretation and so the problem is we most of us even i you know fall prey into some some of the misinformations i i do not understand and it takes me time that you know okay i have done something wrong or i said something wrong understood something wrong so uh, i think at today's time it is also important because you know also there is this thing that scholarly work has been written by you know certain people or you know certain class of people caste of people or certain you know group of people so there is no actual you know you cannot properly rely on those also so i think we are living in a time where this academic information and the primary information together are very important so you know if a scholar is writing now i do not know how other people might think it but i i generally work around things that i understand so i do not uh, try to you know uh, cater to things which i myself do not understand so when i try to you know uh, try to understand them you know i try to uh, try to talk to people who are directly related to you know certain incident or or certain subject that i am talking about and you know read the words of of the people who have written about it scholarly and you know try to you know uh, do certain you know match the columns and other things that you know what try to make sense of things because can you give an example of any artwork that you did so that it will just help us visualize uh, any particular artwork um, maybe savitri bai ke upar kuch bhi rahega to actually uh, even on fun savitri mai like savitri mai is uh, i'll talk about this mahar artwork because yeah. i have made most mostly portraits of savitri mai so maybe there might not be many threads to connect to but i did this uh, illustration on mahar satyagraha where uh, you know ambedkar is drinking water and there are people happy people you know around the, on the bank of the of the chaudar lake so uh, you know for making that uh, you know there there is no photograph of that incident but there are a lot of visual imagery that has been created you know at very local level somebody has made you know a, a random well and you know somebody is looking like ambedkar like how i do you know making blue thing common so you know a lot of people does that so you know so that okay this person looks like an ambedkar and he is drinking water and there is this you know people are and then when i started to read about it so there are these you know different things so but this is the aesthetics are by people you know they have made the joyous expression which i would not have you know imagined i was imagining how everybody is like agitated you know we are drinking water and everything but no it was not the case because how those people documented at that point of time was there there is this you know there are these smiles there is this happiness you know when when baba saheb is drinking the water so and and when i read you know uh, the the text about it the text is very you know uh, it's talking about you know how a lot of women are there there are a lot of men and you know everybody is going there but in these visual imagery the women are missing so you know there is this lot of contradiction you know in, in both the things so the text is you know is very agitated you know it is saying as if you know everybody is going to hurt people or you know if you know somebody would have come on their way they would have killed them or everything although you know the story was something else but you know the the way these people who were there 
expressed it in 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 poetry or in or in uh, uh, or in visual imagery was you know very joyous and not that angry as it was you know written by the scholars so there was this you know mis- but in the visual imagery there were no women in the in the scholarly work there was the presence of a lot of women so you know for 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 my final artwork had to include a lot of women because you know that is dictated by that is the you know uh, main point of you know of the scholarly writing that is that it is documenting but the emotions i am not going to pick from the scholars the emotions i am going to pick from the from the poets or from the from the artists who were them you know either present then or were living at that point of time so that you know you they could have understood that uh, that emotion much more better than than myself so this is how sometimes you know i i have to you know mix things and uh, you know make things work even even for ravidas uh, i've i've done a lot of uh, work around ravidas where you know i'm i'm trying to uh, you know uh, make him you know somehow you know uh, relatable to me to the kind of scholarly work because ravidas has been you know shown in the films or whatever visual imagery what was available of him he was like some very you know flamboyant person and you know he was very much like guru nanak that you know he's very uh, which is devoid of their uh, attributes i think because guru nanak has been traveling so much and he's very you know chubby and everything it is not possible he must be a very you know hard rugged man he's been traveling so long you know for for so much similar with ravidas you know how he is seen as like you know he's a very nice gentleman you know wearing silk robes and everything. no he was this guy who is not even you know uh, taking some you know dakshina from people he still is you know making shoes and selling them even though he he has a great following so you know those kind of uh, things you pick some some certain things from the academia you pick certain things from the emotions of people and then you mix it up and then then what comes is 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 really interesting sometimes i play with ambedkar suits it's it's my you know personal trip so i sometimes make him wear these really fashionable suits because i studied fashion design so sometimes you know that fashion illustrator comes inside me sometimes i make you know those cuffs which are very 2014 or 2017 nobody you know uh, see that with that direction but then i play with that kind of imagery at times you know sometimes i feel like you know giving you know telling lies through my work but i can do it in small bits so if if some historian will see that they will say no no this suit never you know this kind of silhouette was never there you know in his time and i and i know it because mm-hmm. i am trying to you know bring him to more modern times bring make him more relevant you know make him more maybe near me you know so that yeah yeah beautiful because uh, i have a side project uh, apart from audiogan which is called uh, legends of india the website is yeah legendsofindia.shop we have not officially launched it uh, i mean it's there it's work in progress but um, i've been doing some research for there like these small collectible cards of uh, say like 12 famous scientists of india 12 classical vocalist 12 uh, freedom fighters and while doing research you you land up in so many contradictions you land yeah. up in so much confusion i mean like i think a month ago i was reading uh, about again like just this going through uh, mahatma gandhi's uh, wikipedia page and it said okay father of the nation officially not but popularly known i think there is some glitch there mm-hmm. right and it was quite confusing matlab that they're changing narratives every time yeah. and and you you don't have a reliable source unless you you become a historian and go yeah. deep into uh, uh sometimes archives. historians also die, also lie you know though these yeah. days historians are lying openly so nobody can you know there is no trust left in this world yeah. on anything <laughs> cool all right i think uh, i'm sort of uh, done with my questions related to the kind of work that you have been doing and the kind of stuff that you have been documenting just one last uh, sort of bonus question because i was going through couple of articles and you you spoke about i was going to ask you about mahat satyagraha which you already spoke about but can you tell us a bit about kausalya by santri or or any of the legends or any of the great people whom are not in the traditional media just i, I mean like audio can could be just a small whoever listens to it can know few people kausalya by santri is undoubtedly you know one of those forgotten uh, people whose work and uh, words were not really uh, you know reached people uh, as many people as uh, they could have or should have uh, she was uh, the first dalit woman writer who wrote her biography in hindi 
she was basically from maharashtra but she chose to write it in hindi and that was it was my father who actually uh, asked me to read her book called dora bishap so when i read her work like her biography it's you know her whole life the kind of life she has had i've never imagined you know i've never uh, you know there were a lot of lies i've built around me you know uh, about what kind of a person i am or what kind of a you know man i am or you know what kind of a human i am but this book broke all those things slowly and steadily she talks about her childhood uh, you know and how she she wants to study her joys so it it has always been you know about his joys you know it has always been history it has not been you know her story so this was kind of her story you know which i had never imagined so somehow you know i was trying to relate to the story of my mother or my grandmother because there were so many you know similarities and overlappings which i never cared to even think about or or even consider now she is you know talking about how her own parents you know can be hindrance in in her own uh, you know evolution or you know uh, things how upbringing. how she you know her upbringing her marriage how you know her husband you know who could be best of the human beings ideologically or you know must be a follower of of some really great people and would you know perform or would you know behave in a certain way which is uh, which he shouldn't be you know inside the house how her sons and you know her uh, children treats her you know as a mother and as a dalit mother and then how you know this lady still you know goes out to make a career out of herself she's a staunch ambedkarite you know going in the protests writing books and translating important marathi literature into hindi so she has been through a lot of pain and the stories were something that i had never you know read but i have known about them i was not i knew that you know when i was reading about her upbringing i knew that you know many times my mother has you know said certain things when which is around it and to be true the gender behavior in in dalit societies is very different from the mainstream so you know there are a lot of things which are you know it sometimes very extreme so be it you know the positive side or be it the negative side you know women in in most of the dalit families have more say in economical things because they have been working for a very long time so they have been because there was not much money in their houses from grandmothers or great grandmothers they have been working so they have a very good say in financial matters but there are certain evils of these societies which you know which are horrific and sometimes i i was feeling that i might have been driven towards those evil if i have not read her work so it is important not just you know and since because it is the story of of very very common people most of the stories that we hear or or see in the movies or or in premchand's novels or or you know these things have a very uh, you know surface level of society that has been molded so there is this sanskari baap there is this sanskari ma there is this you know thodi si ansanskari beti or thoda sa ansanskari but in dalit literature there are a lot of gray areas there are a lot of things you know there are a lot of layers of of you know there are layers of goodness there are layers of bad things and you know they celebrate this you know this confused personality that there is so how she writes about herself and about her family you know portrays that confusion and it opens up the society that we are living so a lot of people i have you know even if they do not belong to my community if i have uh, who have recommended this book have really got lot of insights from their own community because you know there are some things which are very very common she's talking about the harshest of the realities which people are afraid to talk about you know the harshest of the things that you know a woman should not say about her man or a woman or a mother should not say about her children so those kind of things she's bringing out and you know she's still you know this women that you know that is still making her career and everything so she is not a abla nari you know who has been through a lot she has been through a lot she has emerged from it and you know she's still going through a lot and she's still evolving and emerging and emerging it's a very powerful story i i, I do not think that if you know a man could suffer that kind of a life and you know have become something you know that she has made of herself it's very i think the kind of hardship that she has gone through and what kind of work she has produced even after going through that and and how 
uh, unapologetically, you know, she has expressed it in, in words. It's, it's just very powerful, very powerful. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's quite inspiring. In fact, I'm, I remembered one, uh, I'm sort of a big Puladesh Pandey fan. Was a, yeah, and, and uh, in one of his interviews, he said, ki, and he said in Marathi, I'll just try and do it in Hindi as much as I can. But um, I wish to just tell her ki, hey, this freedom that you're enjoying right now or you're experiencing right now, uske liye kabhi to Savitri Bhai Phule ne patthar khaye hai. Right. And, and so, so that was my, like, just an entry point, I would say to know that there is a different world out there. Uh, because obviously this, I heard this many years ago, but it still remembers. Yeah. There are these, you know, examples of, you know, there are these reminders for us that, you know, women are better than men. Mm. <laughs> so these, these people have outdone themselves and yeah. we should be ashamed of the society that, you know, we have made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool I mean that's not a very happy note but uh, it was just fun talking to you uh, got to learn a lot and uh, yeah I mean there we can do multiple episodes on on such a giant figure like Ambedkar and uh, yeah I mean definitely this is just a small snippet of what we could do in this time so once again thanks thanks Siddesh for giving your time it was real great having you on the show thanks Kedar thanks pleasure okay. is mine and that's it from today's Gyan session. For show notes and more Gyan, visit audiogyan.com. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to check our other interesting podcast on IVM Network. You can listen to us on IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or any of your favorite podcasting apps. To stay tuned, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at IVM Podcast. And if you wish to connect with me, I am at Audiogan Moments on Instagram. Until then, take care. Hello! It's been a great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On This Round is On Me, Gauri is joined by Shweta Nanda. They talk about the financial independence and how it is to be a woman entrepreneur. On Anish Thing, Anish welcomes ultra-marathon runner Shivani Gharat. Shivani shares her journey of how she ran her first marathon, the mindset of a runner, and what it actually takes to run a full marathon. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus, Naveen, Akash and Shreyas talk about the Korean band BTS serving in the military and its repercussions. On Think Fast, Varun and Suchita discuss Wing Greens and their latest acquisitions and about the Indian sexual wellness market. And on Shuni One, Sheila Dathya is joined by Dinika Bhatia, CEO and founder of Nutty Gritties. They talk about coming from a business family and Dinika's journey in creating healthy and guilt-free snacking. Once again, don't forget to visit our merch store on ivmpodcast.com. We have some exciting new merch out there for you. Also, do follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. And do remember to spread the word about these shows and any other shows you might be listening to. Appreciate them, rate them and review them wherever you are listening to them. You can also check out all our other shows on youtube.com slash IBM podcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tales, Kotak Privy League Program and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thanks guys, without you this would not be possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, Blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from.